eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to Denver Hoops and Dreams. I'm your host, Jeremy Nichols, here with a special guest today. Um, his name is Gavin Waymeyer. Gavin Waymeyer is a Phoenix Suns fan, a Phoenix Suns fan, everybody. So, of course, this is definitely a, a different feel, different, um, different element to the show. Uh, but what I wanted to do, um, I wanted to bring a, a Phoenix Suns fan on the show because I wanted to just have a conversation, see how he feels about the Nuggets, see how he feels about the series. You know, of course, you know, last night with certain things changing within the series, now the dynamics have changed a bit. Um, obviously, we can we can have, a, you know, interesting conversation and see where that goes. But Gavin, before we dive into any specifics on the series, anything basketball related, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, this is my first time kind of doing this sort of thing. Uh, again, on another team's podcast, but really excited for it. It'll be nice to you know have a conversation with an opposing fan about how things are going, get some good perspective. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. So that's usually how you know I start this. You know, I want to make sure everybody can you know just say how they're doing. You know, things are uh, um, obviously interesting in the basketball world, but real life supersedes that any given day. Um, so yeah. So obviously now. Um, looking at last night, but um, before we even go into just the just that game, how long have you been a Phoenix Suns fan? Just give us a little history on your your Phoenix fandom. Yeah, so my entire life, I've I'm born and raised in Phoenix. I still live in the area, so you know I've been going to games since I was a kid. Back yeah. when we were getting towards the end of the the Nash and Stat days, and then there was a while Ooh. there where we were a very bad team. So. Uh, I'm really relishing where we're at right now. Uh, I kind of remember just the very end of that when I was a kid, uh, but getting to see this team compete every year in the playoffs and even yeah. make it the finals a couple years ago. Uh, there's nothing like it. So, yeah, really excited for where we're at. And, yeah, that's that's been it for me my entire life. It's been nothing but sons. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'll tell you, you know, I've been a Nuggets fan for, I want to say, about 23 years now. But what I'll say is I've been a fan of just the NBA for for just about the same time, um, dude, those Nash days were so fun to watch. They really were the Nash, yeah. Raja Bell, Leandro Barbosa days, like those Amari Stoudemire, like Sean Marion, dude. Those we days, had a squad. right there, that was a squad. <laughs> those days were nice, man. And even you know, just seeing the the short time with like Joe Johnson and like just these different guys on the team. Because um, I did see Leandro Barbosa on TV the other night. I believe he works with the Warriors now, if I remember correctly. Really? I think I saw him. I know for a fact I, I remember his face, and I was like, I think I he played for them for a couple years towards the end of his career, right? Um, so that, I guess that kind of makes sense. But yeah, I didn't know that's interesting. Yeah, I, I I'm pretty sure I saw him. Um, but of course, you know, just, just knowing just golden state from just the years, um, low in Phoenix from those years, just kind of, you know, going back to when, you know, basketball was basketball, you know, the, the battles with Kobe and the Suns, right? Like yeah. those playoff series between the Lakers and the Suns. Um, because Steve Nash, I'll tell you like Chauncey Billups is my favorite player of all time. 
But I used to always watch Steve Nash because of his efficiency, right? Just the way that he would play basketball, um, that that mid-range, that three-pointer, his free throws are just all – he was. Just, he has to be one of the best shooters, just natural shooters yeah, of all as time. Far, as far as, like, natural gifts, like Nash, whether it was shooting, passing, dribbling, like, mm-hmm. he just – he had a, a, a vision for the floor that I think a lot of players don't have. Uh, I, I think guys that kind of come close to that, we even see, like, you know, with the Suns now, Chris Paul, I think yeah. he – has a similar sense. I mean, kind of hard to compare the two. Uh, and then, yeah, like guys like Chauncey Billups, again, you just kind of, it's weird to say now it's kind of like old school ballers because the, the league has changed so much. Wow, man, yeah. Then. Like, it's it's crazy how a, a guy back then, like, it seems like it's old school basketball because it's just past 10, 15 years, the game has just gone like light years as far as, you know, mm-hmm. what's normal as far as jump shooting and three-pointers. Like, you know, back then, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, a team couldn't win a championship that way. Now mm-hmm. that's kind of the expectation and how you have to win. So, yeah, man, it's it's really interesting when you you think about those parallels. Even past 10, 15 years, just how much the game's changed. It's it's really been it's been fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. Who who would you say is your favorite Phoenix Suns player of all time? So, I mean, this is gonna sound cliche, but I'm gonna say Devin Booker. Okay, and I say that as you know. He's good, man. <laughs> He's very, freaking very good. good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, even back when the team was really bad, right? You know, most of my adolescence, we were a 20, maybe 30 win team. Most of the time, way less than that. Yeah. And Book was our only guy. And even back then, he was just an insanely fun player to watch. He's always been just, again, like pure Hooper. I, I, a lot of people compare him to Kobe, obviously. You know, no one's ever going to be Kobe, but. I think Buck has a lot of the same mentality and it's yeah. just like having a guy like that on the Suns, we've never seen a score like Book, I don't think. And I don't think we ever will. Well, maybe that's kind of a, a, a big prediction to make, but yeah, I mean, I would say him I, before Book though, probably man, d- digging deep. I would actually say I really like Jared Dudley back in the day. That's Jared kind of a, Dudley. A, that a is a name. One. That is a name that I was not expecting. Jared yeah, Dudley. He was wow. another one of those guys. Mm. Like he was, he was a momentum player and he was fun to watch. I mean, there were certain games where, he, you know, towards the end, he might not be having a great game, but he would get it going for us and get us over the line. Right. Uh, you know, again, back towards the end of the Nash days and then a little bit when you know, we had traded Nash to the, the Lakers. But yeah, I mean, I, I would say him just kind of from a nostalgia. I remember few games when i was a kid going to and, and jared dudley which he had it going and i, I got his autograph one time so I, oh, he kind of nice. has a special place in my heart okay i'm not mad at that because i do i mean I, I always recall seeing him um like channing fry i think there was yeah. a moment with like uh like tim thomas you know like man that team was that was an interesting team you know they, and, they, and they were it's fun. interesting yeah they were fun they weren't they weren't the best team but they they were fun to watch yeah, man, that that's just, you know, like I said, just for me, you know, just watching the Suns, you know, especially in those days, like the 2000s, like 2006, 2007, those Suns teams were were obviously were really incredible. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously fast forwarding all the way up until now. I mean, this is a this is a, a really good Phoenix team. Um, and obviously, you know, of course, you know, a couple years ago when you guys made it to the finals against the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, what do you think right now? Like, if you compare that finals team to now, obviously the biggest difference is having Kevin Durant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Having Kevin Durant has obviously changed a lot of things, but I think we are seeing it now within the series with the Denver Nuggets. We're seeing that maybe the Kevin Durant trade might have compromised some of the depth, right? Um, yeah. But we did see Monty Williams make some adjustments and different things last night um, against the Nuggets. And of course me being a Nuggets fan, I was like, huh, I was kind of, I was kind of waiting to see if Monty would go pull, you know, TJ Warren or get Terrence Ross a little bit or do something. We all were. I mean, as Suns fans, just, you know, me being in the community, this whole playoffs, we've been like Monty, what are you doing, man? I mean, he, this is the first game he's really made any big, changes and we saw it starting to work so yeah mm-hmm. it's kind of from a son's perspective it's really frustrating that it took you know eight playoff games to finally figure that out because i mean last series we had a lot of the same issues we're having this series the only difference was the clippers are a wounded team right, right. so obviously that's unfortunate Kawhi went down you know that series would have been a very different look 
had he been healthy, had mm-hmm. Paul George been healthy. Now we're seeing with a healthy Nuggets team, you know, Jamal Murray, Jokic, all of the other pieces that you guys have, they're playing very well. And the Suns are struggling to cope with that outside of the starters. So, I mean, as far as how we're different post the KD trade compared to 2021, I'll be the first to come out and say it. When we first made the KD trade, and I have the Twitter receipts to prove it, I was <laughs> very upset. Because, really? Okay. Yeah. That's the first time I've, I've heard somebody say they were upset about that. There's contingent. I think most Suns fans were really excited to have Kevin Durant because he okay. is a first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the best players to ever play. Obviously, I understand that excitement. I'm not hating on anybody for feeling that way. But we gave up a lot. And we gave up, right. you know, obviously the draft stock, that's one thing. We don't know how that will pan out. That's kind of more of a what if. But, you know, Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges, I don't think enough can be said about right. their importance for sure. to the Suns team, not only from a basketball perspective, but, like, those guys, especially Mikhail, he was – he set a lot of the, the tone – and a lot of the energy within our team. And we see, you know, he went on to Brooklyn and he was averaging like almost 30 points a game. Yeah. But he can also play basketball very well too. So I think the biggest thing there is like, it seems like we've lost some of our culture, losing him and some of the energy that we get at certain times in, in certain games. And obviously we've lost a lot of our depth. Now, yeah. I, I think that the depth we do have has been underutilized by Monty so far. I'm hoping that he sees how game three went and continues to implement that. Because like you said, guys like TJ Warren, guys like Terrence Ross campaign now has to play because Chris Paul's out. He wasn't getting minutes towards the end of the Clippers series, the beginning of this series. Right. Those are all guys who can play and give you good minutes off the bench. They should be getting more of that time. I'm hoping that Monty sees, okay, those guys all played pretty well uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. They, they should be playing. So getting back to the main question, I, th- I think the, the biggest thing there is we lost, uh, a lot of great energy, a, a lot of our core and, you know, the identity that comes with that core. Mikhail and Cam have been with this team for, you know, three, four years now, right? And yeah. you're getting rid of that. That's obviously going to have an effect even past the basketball. So I, I think, yeah, it, it's tough. I wasn't a fan of the trade. Uh, obviously, now we have Kevin Durant. That That is what it is. I'm obviously going to support him and support our team. But um We'll see if this ends up panning out for the Suns. If we don't win a championship this year or next year, I think you look at that trade as being a failure. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, interesting from the outside looking in for from my perspective, um, you know, kind of seeing how the Nuggets have been um, like the number one seed in the West for the majority of the season. Right. And then you get right to the trade deadline and like mm-hmm. this whole big situation happens where all of a sudden the Suns are now the favorites in the West, right? Because of the Kevin yep. Durant trade based on, you know, all the shows, all the analytics, everything. Um, so obviously going into this series, you know, as a Nuggets fan, it was like, for me, I'm like, I understand Kevin Durant's on the team, right? But yeah, I still believe the Nuggets have a chance because when I, when the series started, um, I had the Nuggets winning in six because obviously what we had just talked about with the the depth, right? I think, I mean, you guys have a starting lineup that can combat any team really in the league, especially if Durant and Booker are playing well at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's that's virtually unstoppable. Like, it it really is, especially if KD continues to attack the basket like he did last night, because I think his jump shots were not falling. I think maybe Aaron Gordon had played pretty decent on him defensively. That could be it. But I just think his jump shots, I mean, truth be told, nobody can really stop Kevin Durant. Um, but you can at least try to make him uncomfortable a little bit. And I think, you know, AG and maybe Bruce Brown and a couple guys have done that. But I think with him cutting to the basket, I think has been the biggest difference because he's getting to the free throw line. Um, But I mean, like you said, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward, obviously going into game four. Um, But just like just a quick recap of last night, that game was interesting, right? Like it really was an interesting game to, you know, to say the least. Um, you know, with the Suns starting strong, right? Definitely a nice, a nice starting, a nice start for the Suns. I thought, you know, just kind of sitting there watching the game, I'm like, uh oh, okay, here we go. All right, they they punching yeah. us in the mouth just immediately, you know. And I thought it was interesting to see Jokic kind of. I mean, I think Jokic had like seven assists in the first quarter or something like that, like seven or eight assists. It was he, ridiculous. He was insane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he played he played really well. What were your thoughts just? 
and and just kind of deuce your your mindset through the game last night. Obviously, I know it was a roller coaster um, on both sides, but just what were your thoughts just watching the game and what you saw from the Nuggets as well? Yeah, I mean, I think the Suns were all right last night. I think obviously we got some really big numbers from Katie and Book. I thought Katie had not his best game, obviously shooting wise, twelve thirty one. That's not what you expect from Kevin Durant, and I feel like he was forcing a lot. Um, but he still found a way, like you were saying, he attacked the rim, which I think he needs to do more. He hasn't really done that as much in a Suns uniform, but you see when he does, I mean, he's 6'10", right? It's the yeah. same thing when you're talking about Giannis or Embiid. When they start getting downhill, regardless of how you defend them, you could defend them absolutely correctly. They're so big, there's going to be contact there, and they're going to get into you, and the refs are going to call that. So, I mean, I, I think he had an all right game. Outside of that, though, um, it was kind of weird because, you know, not having Chris Paul campaign coming in, I think he tried to do a lot last night. Obviously, not really judging him much on his performance because this is the first significant minute he's played in like a month. Right. So um, the tone of the game was definitely you know different from the Suns. And it seemed like with Monty implementing the new rotation, there were growing pains at times. But, you know, when when Book and KD combined for 86 points, you're probably not going to lose games. And that's sure. kind of gets into my concern, which is that's great and all. And Devin Booker's superstar. I think he's continuing to ascend, but I don't think it's reasonable to expect two mortal men to score 90 points every playoff basketball games. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They had three, three days of rest before this game. Now they're going to have one day going into Sunday. How gassed are they going to be? Right. What are you going to get from the rest of the guys? Obviously, I'm encouraged by TJ Warren and Terrence Ross getting more time. Jock Lando was fantastic last night. You tweeted. He about was, it as man. Well. He, he, listen, man. Jock Landale, while I was watching him, I'm like, dude, when the Nuggets made that third quarter run, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, Phoenix had a 15 point lead at halftime. Nuggets came out like a bat out of hell in that, in that third yeah. quarter, came back, took the lead. And what I what I saw, I'm like, dude, I like the fact that DeAndre Ayton is on the court right now because that's when the Nuggets were eating him alive. And there's just something mm-hmm. about him. I don't know what it is. Like just from the outside looking in, I expected a lot more from him in the series. Like I really did because you know, looking back two years ago, I thought he played all right. You know, in that series, you yeah. know, the the Suns in four series, right? You know, yeah. going back to that moment, I thought he played pretty well. And even you know, Jokic has given him. Um, props on numerous occasions saying you know Mm -hmm. he he plays me pretty well defensively things like that but I think just watching him right now there's there's something about his body language dude it's like he just doesn't he doesn't seem engaged like watching from game one where they had that clip where he's under the basket and Jokic is going back and forth on the backboard missing layups tipping it and then he's standing there and he basically said I don't know what y'all expect me to do like, for a rebound. like, like <laughs> I, I couldn't, I couldn't grasp the mindset. Like one, I mean, I was cool with him not doing anything. I'm fine with that. Yeah. But yeah. it's like, but it's like from a competitive standpoint, why are you just standing there? Because if he was on my team, dude, I would have been pissed. I yeah. would have been pissed. And yeah, so this is the thing about DA. I've been watching him since he was in college at the University of Arizona. Um, so I saw him play a lot when he was in, in college. I thought, he was a great player coming out of college. He was in the, the same draft as Luka Doncic. The Suns mm-hmm. were the number one overall pick. I supported us picking DeAndre Ayton. I thought he was the right choice over Luka Doncic because I've also been okay. watching Luka Doncic since he was in EuroLeague because I follow EuroLeague. And I thought, again, DeAndre Ayton, he in college looked very engaged. He looked very dominant. He looked like a guy who physically could take over a game. Okay. Luka Doncic has his attitude issues. He's always had them. So I haven't been a fan of his because of that. Looking back now, I would have absolutely taken Luka Doncic because DeAndre Ayton, well, he has all of, he's infinitely talented. He has the talent to be AD level and B level. He could be that kind of dominant player. And we've seen glimpses of it, but he doesn't want to be. I don't think D.A. wants to put in the work to be that player. I don't think D.A. wants to go out there and bust his ass for 48 minutes. I just, with him, I'm at the point where I'm like, if you can't get motivated to play next to Chris Paul and Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, if you can't find the motivation to put out when those guys are your teammates, 
I, I'm at the point with DA where I think, you know what, man, maybe maybe Phoenix isn't the place for you. I, I think that's really sad because I was really excited and really hopeful for him coming out of college. But, I mean, ever since 2021, we had the same issues last year, game seven last year, and we got destroyed by the Mavericks. Right. He got yanked out of the game because he was, was doing the same thing, and he was pouting, and he got into it in Monty. And it's like, listen, you know, you're – you're seven feet tall. You're the biggest guy on the court, height-wise, physically. He's absolutely shredded. He's a big dude. Yeah. There's absolutely no reason you should be getting, you know, three or four rebounds in a playoff game. There's absolutely no reason the other team should be getting five rebounds in a row on offense. Right. That shouldn't happen. So, DA's issue, and I think that's the complete opposite with, with Jock, is he has the complete wrong attitude. Someone asked him about it at the beginning of the series, and he gave just the most childish answer you could imagine where he's like, I don't know what that means, man. I'm, I'm dominating. I hold it down for the sun. I was going to, I was going to ask you about that. I was going to ask you about that nickname that he gave himself because I'm going to tell you, dude, (laughs) like, like you, you don't do that. Okay. Like, especially when you're in this league, there's two ways to make, to get a nickname. It's either you, you've had it your entire life. Right. And everybody knows that. Mm -hmm. And it's continued into the league. Or Shaq gives it to you. That's it. Those are the only two ways. You do not then give yourself your own nickname and then not live up to it. Because you cannot say my name is Dominating, but then you're being dominated. Like there's a difference. Like the Nuggets have been like I could see them licking their chops when they see him. And that's a that's a terrible thing to say about a guy who has so much talent. Like Jock Landale literally was one of the biggest reasons the Suns won that game. Because Absolutely. just watching his just just hit the way that he moved around under the basket, I mean, trying his best to stay in front of Jokic, doing you know boxing out, getting offensive rebounds. That's that, and of course, a couple of the T.J. Warren late buckets, Terrence Ross a three, and a couple mid ranges. Like those were the things. Like those shots were hurt, man. I was watching. I was like, yeah. please no, not another one. <laughs> you know, and and I think in that same moment, it was watching Jamal Murray on the other side, right. He obviously started off extremely hot and he's Mm -hmm. really had a pretty good track record track record against the Suns. But I thought and he even mentioned it in his postgame press conference where he said this one was on me because he felt like he was just trying too hard in certain areas. And listen, when Devin Booker is going off like that, I believe what, 20 of 25, which is unreal on on two free throws by the way two like, free throws the last second were, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah that was insane that was this i will tell you though because i did i did tweet about it last night and i think that the tweet is kind of blowing up right now because every time i check my twitter it's like lighting up about it but all i like i literally just said in the tweet i'm like it seems to me like devin booker believes that he's fouled every single time he touches the ball because every single time he touches the ball he looks at the ref Every time. And don't get me wrong. There were moments where you're watching it and it's like, okay, I can, I can see some contact there, but it's like, there's certain guys in the league that him. And I said the same thing about Anthony Edwards in the last series, because what Anthony Edwards was doing against the nuggets run into the basket. But mind you, everybody's like hands up. When I say straight up, I'm talking straight up. They're not bumping into them or nothing. And they would just kind of toss themselves and just say, Hey, and when they yell, Hey, they're expecting to get the whistle. So I saw that from Anthony Edwards. So it's like I saw the same thing from from Booker. I mean, I'll say this, like I said before, Booker, he was aggressive. A lot of his shots were those, you know, 13 to 15 foot turnaround jump shots in the paint. A lot of Kobe-esque stuff, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just thought it was funny, man. It was just like, dude, every single time he was looking at, um, what was the ref, Zarba, whatever. Yeah. He's looking at him and he's yeah. like, dude, like he fouled me. I mean, there were some moments where he was. I'm not going to lie, but. I, I just thought I, that I, was interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the thing with Book, most players they'll call for fouls a lot of times when they're not. I think the thing with Booker is he is aggressive, and right. just the, you you see the treatment that certain players get. And I'm not saying anybody on the Nuggets. I don't think anybody on the Nuggets really stands up to nobody. Me, nobody on the Nuggets gets special treatment. Ex- exactly. But I mean, <laughs> you, you look at guys like, like Luca, right. For example, right. that's just a big one that jumps out to me from last year in the playoffs. So even Giannis, even though I don't think Giannis begs for it or Embiid are, are league's MVP, which I disagree with. Yeah. We'll um, talk about that in a second. <laughs> yeah. Those guys can't do that. Basically they'll just go in 
doesn't matter if they get fouled or not, but the ref, the ref's going to call it, right? Yeah. You saw Embiid the other night. A guy's guarding him on the perimeter, gets into his body, and it falls over. So I, for Book, I don't know if it's necessarily the fact that he's trying to bait fouls. I, I think he has a chip on his shoulder from okay. the, the perspective of he's been putting up these these types of numbers. Obviously, not 35 a game in the playoffs. This is a new high for him, but he's been this consistent type of performer for the Suns in the league in the playoffs, regular season, doesn't matter what it is. And he is that type of player who's aggressive and does try to get to the rim as well as the mid range and the three pointers. He does all of it. He's a three uh, three level scorer. He doesn't get that treatment. I think I can understand from his perspective, how that would be frustrating. I'm not going to necessarily say that I'm going to, you know, excuse the fact that he does get into the refs a little more than he should sometimes. Uh, But I I can understand why that would be frustrating as a guy like book. When you you see these other guys around the league, we'll get those calls. So okay, I think the bigger issue there is the officiating. And I, I don't think that officiating is necessarily super fair to most teams. I, sure. I think there's there's certain characters and certain players around the league that get a lot more from the refs than anybody else does for whatever reason. And right. personally, you know, not a big fan of that. No, I, I agree with that. I mean, um, just I mean, you named a couple of them, obviously, Giannis and, you know, and like Embiid lives at the free throw line. Right. Yeah. Um, and you 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 see what it is like, I, and I'll tell you, just watching the Sixers play, right? Just watching them because I, I really wanted to understand the whole thing behind the Embiid hype, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of just the NBA. Of course, I'm a Jokic guy because I love the way he plays. I love the way he yeah. carries himself from interviews and all these different things because he's he's a team first guy. He never he doesn't cry about anything. He doesn't do this thing where he's like, okay, I need to do this. This has to be about me. If you can find me a clip of Jokic doing that, please send it to me, you know, because I haven't seen it. Right. But it's like Embiid on the other hand, it's he, his mentality has always been, all right, well, if I don't do this or if I don't win this, then the media hates me or this is about me or what am I do? What am I not doing right? Or what am I doing wrong? Not one time has Jokic mention that not once not once has he said oh yeah man i I really want to win the only thing he's been talking about is he wants to win a championship now you know because he's finally with the healthy team right but it's like that's the only thing that that has actually mattered to him and you could tell because going back to the season and i know you mentioned that you disagree with the fact that joel Embiid was the mvp because i'll tell you and this is the way i see it maybe this is some this is bias, maybe what it is, but I'll tell you, Jokic, when they did the straw poll, right? Tim Bontemps did the first straw poll that came out. This was a month and a half before the season was over. Jokic mm-hmm. had 77 of the 100 first place votes, 77. So he was running away with the MVP award. Three days after that, Kendrick Perkins goes on the air and says, hey, um, this is racist. Yeah. That was pretty much it. He was like, yeah. hey, this is racist. 80% of the voters are white. So so obviously that's the only reason that Jokic is getting all this, this, these votes and whatever. I mean, yeah, I guess the Nuggets are first. Yeah, he's averaging triple-double. But no, it's be- no, it's because they don't want to vote for Embiid. And I'm sitting there like, bro, are you serious right now? But yeah. I'll tell you, that started to snowball into other things because in that moment, I I truly believe I truly believe that Jokic heard that and Jokic literally stopped trying. Literally, because at that very moment, all of a sudden, it was just like he, he had a couple games straight where he wasn't even really passing the ball. He was just scoring. He didn't really he was he didn't care about trying to get a triple double anymore. Um, the team started to I think we had lost like four straight games right after that moment. And I was like. This is insane how the entire narrative, every single thing flipped in that moment. And then, of course, Embiid missed the matchup that, honestly, I thought would have been the deciding factor if he had played in Denver. Because, yeah, all the Sixers fans were talking about this whole thing about in February when we played and, in, 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 you know, and he had a really good game. Awesome. Mm-hmm. But you got to come to Denver and let Jokic get his chance, too. You got to yeah. come play the Nuggets at home and. I just thought that that was kind of interesting the way that 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 really played out. But I truly believe that Jokic basically in his mind was just like, bro, I don't care. Let Embiid have it. 
And I'm just whatever. We are going to try to win this championship in the end. What are your thoughts just as a Suns fan? Um, what are your thoughts on just the whole MVP conversation in the, in the, in the season since you don't agree that uh, that Embiid is the MVP? Yeah. Um, again, so I'll start with Embiid. And we'll, we'll set aside the Perk thing just for a minute. I'll, I'll touch on that. I, I think Kendrick Perkins is an idiot when it comes to covering the league. We can agree on he, that. We I can don't agree think on he that. has very many good opinions at all. It's shocking to me that a guy that was so average in his playing career gets to have these types of opinions about superstars today. And a vote. An official vote. Which is, <laughs> it, it's, it's ridiculous that that's how this is decided. I would rather coaches or players right. let, them, let, let them have the sole decision. Same thing with the all-star vote. Fans, I'm sorry, I don't think fans should be able to choose who gets in because then you get these guys who are just like they're picking the favorites at, personally. But anyways, the with, with Embiid, it really irks me that a guy that is that big, a guy that is that talented, I mean, he could dominate a game without all his antics, but he has to get to the free throw line 22 times a game. Yeah. So yeah, it's great. It's great that he's averaging thirty three or whatever he's averaging, and all these rebounds and all that. It's it's really easy to average thirty three when you're taking twenty free throws, and he makes all his free throws because that's the biggest part of his game at this point. It is, yeah. He's so, a good good free throw shooter. So I mean, for me, it's like you play the refs more than you play your opponent, in my opinion, and you spend more of your time rather than trying to beat the guy who's guarding you drop out. I can understand at certain points in games when, you know, maybe the other team is getting close to the bonus or maybe they're in foul trouble. Maybe your, your jump shot's not falling like KD last night. That's when you try to get in, attack the rim, get to the line. And B does that from the first minute every game. Yeah. So for me, Joel Embiid's a great player. He's obviously, I would say he's top 10 in this league. I don't think he was the best player in the league this year. I don't think he's ever had a season where he's been the best player in the league. To your point, I, if I had to pick, I probably would have said Jokic as well. And this is the thing, like you were saying, he is an all-around player. I would say the one area of his game that is below average is his defense. Right. Right. Granted, Joel Embiid has a lot of areas of his game that are, I would not say, good. Um but for Jokic, I mean, he does everything on offense, right? I've never seen a big man have the, the passing and the vision and j- just being in the right spot. He's not an athletic guy, which is crazy. You see you see yeah. him in these games, and you're just like, how is he doing that? This this guy does not look like he should be playing NBA basketball. This guy doesn't even look like he should be playing at LA Fitness, but he's dropping <laughs> 39 and 24 on you. Yeah. And it's like, what do you do to stop him? I, I th- This series... I think that, you know, at times DA has gotten into him. I think yesterday Jock was getting into him. He's still going to score. He's still going to get his assist. He's still, he, he had a monster triple-double on us last night. 30, nothing, 17, and 17? Which is ridiculous. That's, that's insane. The last series, I, I, I was keeping an eye on last series as well, partially because we were going to be playing the winner, partially because one of my buddies is a Timberwolves fan. So yeah. I was watching games with him. I mean – he, he would have a bad shooting. I think he was like 9 of 29 in one game. He still had a double-double, triple-double, you know, 24 points, 10 rebounds, however many assists. And it's like, what do you do to stop this guy? Yeah. I, yeah. I think that Jokic is one of a few players in the league right now where he can have a bad game. You could defend him very well, and he's still going to go get a double-double, triple-double on you. Embiid, if he's not getting to the free throw line, he's having a rough game. I, this is true. Very rarely yeah. do I see him just take over – and be unstoppable. I don't think getting to the free throw line is unstoppable. A guy like Jokic is unstoppable. A guy like Giannis, who was also in the conversation, I would have been happier with him as MVP than Embiid. He's unstoppable. I, I agree obviously, with that. Obviously, when he's healthy, the Heat series kind of banged up. Don't know how much we can judge there. But, yeah, I mean, I think the thing for me there is I do think there was a big media narrative. I, I hate how much of a narrative league the NBA is because it takes away from – the fantastic basketball that we have on display at all times. Yeah. Right. Perk. The, the thing I have to say to his statement is, you know, you talk about selection can be mostly white, whatever, whatever. 
I'm not going to sit here and say that racism isn't a thing in this country. I'm not going to sit right, here and say right. that racism isn't present in the NBA at times. You look at, you know, before Jokic the past couple of years, you know, Giannis was winning MVPs, Russ was winning it, winning MVPs, LeBron. I mean, where was that narrative then? Correct. Right. They, they, this didn't drastically change in that time period. So, what's going on there? Perk also had issues with Giannis being MVP. I think there's another layer there as well. Right. Okay. Jokic is European. I don't think a guy like Perk wants to see these guys from over there coming and dominating the league, but that's what we're seeing now. We're seeing even Embiid. Embiid's Cameroonian, I believe. Correct. Yeah. I th- I think it rubs him wrong and some of these guys in the media wrong that you know the guys from Cali or the guys from New York aren't those aren't the premier hoopers anymore. Right. Yeah. So I, I think there's a lot of levels there where there's doesn't like what's going on but if we want to look at the reality of things and how it's going on the basketball court i think Nikola jokic was much better than joel Embiid. that's my opinion and i'm not just saying that because i'm on a nuggets podcast no, you're good that's why that's why i wanted you on here because i wanted i wanted to get a different perspective right because and and i'll tell you before the matchup in February with the Sixers, I brought a, a Sixers fan on here as well. Because for me, like I said, we could talk Nuggets stuff all day. Mm-hmm. But I just I want to know how other people from other fan bases, especially when you're facing off against the Nuggets, it's just interesting to hear your thought process while you're watching a game. Because I know while I'm watching a game, I'm like, dude, oh my gosh, like I, we got to find a way to stop Booker. I, we got to yeah. find a way to stop letting CP3 get to his mid-range jump shot. Because these are my thoughts even in the um, the playoffs two years ago, right? Yeah. Obviously, I know CP3 is injured right now, but even in game one, he had a couple moments where he got to his spot. So I just like I like to hear different perspectives from other fan bases because I just – especially fan bases who, who actually know basketball, not the ones who get on Twitter and their whole yeah. mentality is like, all right, I'm, let me troll people to get likes and retweets yeah. and whatever. No, like – Speak. You can speak your mind. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Just mm-hmm. keep it a certain way. You don't got to take it that far. Like you don't well, have to be, troll. <laughs> be reasonable, right? I mean, you can have your your vitriolic opinions. I I hate Luka Doncic, right? I, I I hate the guy. He's a fantastic basketball player. I can say that I hate him, and I can also say, hey, he killed us in the playoffs last year, right? I I think that's I, again back to the the whole narrative league type of thing, right? Is he, there's always some narrative going on among the fans, among the media. You see it, especially on Twitter, can be accessible sometimes. A lot of people are just getting on it just to be toxic. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, at the end of the day, what I find most frustrating about all of that is it takes away from the basketball. That yeah, should be that should be the most important part, right? Not you know whose favorites doing this, what this media person thinks, uh, you know blows my mind the guys like perk or Stephen a or mad dog you know guys i don't know why they're talking about basketball i'd rather have to their credit jj reddick right he actually played basketball at a high level i would rather hear his opinion even if i don't agree with it than a guy like even perk perk played in the league he wasn't very good what what does perk know what what does perk know about what a superstar needs as far as their mentality of their team to a championship what does perk know about those sorts of dynamics you got carried on every team you were on, bro. Yeah, he you was just he was just an enforcer. Like he just yeah. he just went out there to one take a lot of fouls and just kind of be there just in case somebody on the other team started to get a little bit rowdy. Like he was just which, there to to look mean. That was all he was doing. Which is fine, but I my what gives you uh, like what gives you the right to opinions? What gives a guy like Stephen A that kind of right? Sure, you've been around the league for 35 years. I love that, you know, JJ pointed this out last week with him and Mad Dog. It was like, it's clear that neither of you guys have played high-level basketball. They I did see that. I did how, see how that, Kawhi yeah. should retire, right? Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? You don't know. You've never been in that situation. So, I, mean, I, I think it gets back to the, the system being flawed as far as, you know, the MVP and also voting, all that stuff. That should be decided by the players and the coaches. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. right? I mean, even look, looking on the Suns, I have my own issues with the media and the fans. Devin Booker wasn't an all-star this year. Wow. This yeah. guy right now who's averaging 36 points in the playoffs, first guy since you know, Michael Jordan in 1990 to have, you know, 285 points or 95 points, whatever it is, in his first eight, eight playoff games, not yeah. an all-star. How, how does that happen? Last year, we were the best team in the league. 
I can kind of relate to where you guys are at as far as feeling like, hey, nobody's respecting us. Nobody's looking at us and giving us you know, the respect we deserve. We had no all-star starters. Best team in the league. We won 64 games. How does that happen? Yeah, how, that, how do that, we not that have is crazy. That really, that is crazy. That's, that that, is that's crazy. the thing with me. So I, I totally hear what you're saying on that. And I, I'm with you as a Thumbs fan, like just as a fan of basketball. It really detracts from the sport and detracts from the product and the athletes. And to me, that's that's the most irritating thing is I just want to see the best. I want to see them talked about like they should be talked about. You know, we shouldn't be having ESPN panels getting on and asking if Devin Booker's good. That shouldn't be a question. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's frustrating. I hear what you're saying on that. And, you know, to, kind of, to wrap up the whole MVP thing, completely disagree with it. <laughs> yeah. No, listen, man. I mean, obviously, you know, we, we touched on a lot of different things here. Um, before we get out of here real quick, Game four is tomorrow. Obviously, this is a huge game on either side. Um, the Suns, the Suns either tie this series up or the Nuggets take a 3-1 lead going back to Denver. Now, I just want your opinion. What do you think happens in game four? I wish I could tell you that. I, I think I can tell you what will happen on the Nuggets side. I, I think Jokic is going to do what Jokic does. Right. I think Jamal Murray is going to be as aggressive as he's been all series. I thought even last night, I looked at the stat line after the game. I'm like, he was only 13 of 29. I felt like he was making every shot, right? He's a guy that scares me, you know what, because he can score from anywhere. He plays with great energy. And, you know, the other guys, you got MPJ got going last night for the first time. 21 and 12, yeah, yeah. If, if he keeps that up, if he scores another six threes, that worries me. Right. So I think where I'm at with the Suns is like, what are we going to get from them? I wish I could sit here and tell you this is what we're going to get from the Suns. But this team is so unpredictable and so still in that gelling phase that it's like, what do you say? Obviously, I think Devin Booker is going to come out with the same sort of energy he had last night. Mm -hmm. When he has his back against the wall, he plays big. And that's where we're at. KD, I assume he's going to be more efficient than he was, hopefully. But even then, you know, he still had 39 and almost a triple-double. So I think what it's really going to come down to is what are the Suns going to get from the others? Campaign, TJ Warren, Terrence Ross. Those these are those are the guys, like you said, I think they swung the game for the Suns last night. They're either going to swing the game for the Suns tomorrow or not. I'm not going to sit here and talk about DA because I don't expect anything from him anymore. <laughs> if, if, we, if we can get 10 and 10 out of DA, which is, I think, pretty baseline for a center, I'd be happy with that. And he was a number one overall pick. So personally, I'm I'm super nervous going into this game. I was super nervous all game last night. I was with my fiance and she kept telling me, oh, they're going to win. They're going to win. They're up by nine with 50 seconds. I'm like, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> I cannot trust this team. So um, I think it'll be another back and forth game. I think that's how pretty much every game has been this series outside of maybe game one where you guys kind of blew it open a bit. And it'll be fun. We'll see. Uh, hopefully, it'll be a good game. And uh, from my side, I hope the Suns can come out and win. But as far as my confidence level on that, uh, it's not incredibly high. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, I'll tell you what I do expect, um, just like you said, from the Nuggets as well. Um, I do expect Jokic to still continue playing well. I think Jamal Murray will play better. I don't think he's going to shoot as many times as he did last night because I think based on the way that he sounded very remorseful. Now, mind you, he didn't play mm. a bad game overall. Overall, no, no. he didn't play a bad game. He made some bad decisions in certain moments. And um, I did feel like because of this whole Kentucky thing, he saw Booker doing this. And mind you, that same thing that Booker did last night, Jamal Murray did something very similar before in a game where he had 50 and he didn't shoot any free throws, and he shot 20 of 25. So they actually yeah. shot the same field goal. So I think there's always going to be that thing with them, right? Like, regardless of what it is, because I always heard, like, a lot of Suns fans mentioned, like, two years ago that Jamal Murray would not have made a difference or anything like that in the series. I disagree with that wholeheartedly. Ridiculous. Um, I disagree with that because I think – now, mind you, I'm not saying the Nuggets would have won the series, right? But I'm saying that it would have been a lot more competitive. I could definitely see the Nuggets winning a couple games well in that series with Jamal Murray being healthy at that time. Because if you're, you're talking about Jamal Murray, who just came off prior year in the bubble, who he so you know he was already capable yeah. 
of playing well in the playoffs, right? So I thought that that was that one. Just I don't care who what the who the Suns fans are. I would never agree with that. Saying Murray would not have made a difference. I'm not agree with that. And I'll um, second you there, by the way, for any Suns fans. That's crazy talk, <laughs> dude. That 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 don't even make Jamal sense Murray. To me. He Jamal Murray's a dog. Like he, yeah. he gets out there. I mean, he could trade on his day. He can absolutely trade buckets of Booker. I mean, yeah. like you said, he put up a similar stat line before as, as Booker did in this game. I get we got real lucky last night that he only went thirteen and twenty nine. And I guess what I would say on him feeling bad about his game, Katie shot worse than he did, right? I mean, that happens. Some nights your shot's not going to fall. Jamal Murray, like I said, I was so shocked after the game to see that's how he shot because the whole yeah. game, I'm like, shit, ball in his hands. He's going to get a bucket because early in the game, he was every yeah. single time. It didn't feel like he missed 16 shots. So, absolutely, like you were saying, sorry to cut you off a bit, but no, you're good. Jamal Murray, he he's probably the, the major difference this series compared to two years ago. I mean, you can't judge a team when it's not whole. That it's not an accurate, you know, sample size. Very true. Very true. So, I mean, you know, just like you were saying, I do expect Devin Booker to continue competing. I mean, he's not going to just back down. Right. Like it's like, that's the one thing I did not go into the game thinking I'm like, bro, Devin Booker, especially at home too. Mm-hmm. No, he's a prideful player and you can clearly tell. Yeah. Right. And you're seeing the same type of energy from KD. So they both want it so bad. And I think with, with them not seeing that same type of energy from a DeAndre Ayton, I think for them, it's like, all right, well, I guess it's on us to just take it to a next level. And the Nuggets are going to have to do what they can to compete against that. Right. Um, but like I said before, I, I still believe that the Nuggets depth is going to determine this series. And I think we will see how tomorrow goes because you definitely do not want to go back to Denver down three, one. Right. No, so if that so, happens, the series over. I'll, yeah. I'll I mean, that. You're, right. You're done. That's the way that's the way I see it, because like I said I had I had picked the Nuggets in six um, just because I, I just feel like we have a more complete team at this moment. But I'll tell you one of the things and you mentioned being nervous watching the game. I have seen the Nuggets in the past do this certain times where they would look at a team and they would just say, OK, well, yeah, we're better. So let's just kind of just go out and just have fun or just play around. And then you're watching this like you saw what happened in the third quarter where they turned it up. They just turned the switch on yeah. and automatically they just came back and took the lead. But I, as a Nuggets fan, I've seen too many occasions where the Nuggets would look at a situation. Oh, this guy's not playing over there. OK, well, we'll just kind of coast. And that's the one thing I do not want to see the Nuggets do anymore. Right. Yeah. If you got to go into the, go play this game tomorrow night, just just do give everything. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, because just like you. I've never seen the Nuggets win a championship. Yeah. Right. So it's like it's like you're in that spot where it's like, dude, I want to see the first one ever. Like that is that's where I mean, I've even seen the Nuggets make it to the finals. Yeah. I mean, like that is you want to see you want to see your players play with that same sort of urgency you feel or I feel. Right. I mean, for us, this would be, you know, like world shattering if we won a championship. Right. Getting that close a couple of years ago and falling short like that was like felt like the end of the world and you know as as fans i totally hear what you're saying and i've seen the the Suns do the same thing last series we kind of had a similar end to a game as you guys had in in game four you guys were in minnesota um you guys were the other side of this minnesota's up by like 12 with a minute left and then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden it's going to overtime Suns did a minnesota against the clippers in game five i was there we were up by like 20 with you know, four minutes left. And then all of a sudden here come the Clippers, you know, four made threes in a row. Yeah. It's that, that's like one of, one of the most frustrating things as a fan is like, you know, you, you have that sort of energy, you have that expectations and that's just what you want to see reflected on the court with your team. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, you said it, you just want to see that type of energy, right? Because we're yeah. sitting there, I'm yelling at the TV. Yeah. I'm yelling at like, dude, what are you doing? Why are you taking that shot? Why do you try yeah. to make that pass? And, and of course, you know, we so most of us are like armchair players. You know, we kind of sit mm-hmm. down, we just watch it. But at the end of the day, it's just, it's just, we just want our teams to win, right? So, yeah. so, so I'm gonna obviously move forward by saying this, dude. I think this, this has been an excellent series so far. Obviously, I would still prefer that that CP3 was playing because 
going into this series, I wanted I want the Nuggets to play a fully powered mm-hmm. Suns team, right? That's just what I want because I want I want the Nuggets to exercise their demons. Because going back to 2021, after getting swept, you want to come back and and say, all right, cool, this is that. And then, of course, if the Nuggets win this series, the next series would be the Warriors or the Lakers. Both of those teams have beat the Nuggets in the last three years and went on to win a championship, right? 2020 in the bubble, the Lakers beat the Nuggets, they won the championship. Last year... In the first round, the Warriors beat the Nuggets in five, and they went on to win a championship, right? So we've leapfrogged a lot of people. Like, we've let, you know, every time a, a, a certain Western conference team plays us, you know, it's like that's the that's the team that somehow yeah. wins it, right? So we'll see. You know, we'll see how, how everything plays out, obviously, with tomorrow, I think. The nerves on both sides will kind of be there, I could, I could tell. Because for me as a Nuggets fan, yes, I, I would – I would not want the series to be tied 2-2 in reality, Mm -hmm. but it's like, if it is, and yes, I do feel good about going back home in game five, but still it's like, you're, you don't want a team to start getting momentum, you know, in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that on our side with the Suns the past two years, we went up 2-0 and we lost a playoff series in the finals and against Dallas, we lost in in six to the Bucks, seven to to the Mavericks. Obviously, I'm not going to sit here and say that's going to happen this series. It could. The Suns have to improve a whole lot before we could even talk about that. But, yeah, I mean, this is the playoffs. This is the beauty of it. Nobody's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Nobody's happy with where they're at. And it's it's not over till it's over. So That's true. It, like, like you said, it, I think it's going to be another great game. This series has been a great series. And, you know, We'll, we'll see what happens. I hope that we have, you know, more to talk about going forward with some more of these games. Uh, but, I mean, we'll see. The, the Nuggets are looking really good, and the Suns still got a lot of question marks. So we've got to be on our A game uh, for that to happen. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, listen, Gavin, this has been a pleasure, man. I know, um, you know, a lot of people, when you, when you when you bring the idea of talking to a fan of the opposing team, right, it, it yeah. feels like, you know, and I think, and I mean, there is some fair – assessments with that because yes nowadays especially with twitter twitter has demonized a lot of people right it's yeah. made it's automatically because i don't really like lakers fans because of certain lakers fans mm-hmm. right i don't like I a you. lot of warriors fans because of certain warriors fans so i guess i i kind of fall under that 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 light as well sometimes because i kind of judge people prematurely but then i think for me I just wanted to hear a, a, a perspective, right? And I think that's why I wanted to make sure I got you on here just to talk some basketball. Because to me, all I hear is a guy who knows basketball and just wants his team to win, right? Yeah. That's it. Like, that's what it comes down to. That's what it I comes mean, we're, down to. We're, we're all the same in that that sense is we all want the same thing. It's just a different background. So, yeah. I mean, super, super cool getting to come on here and talk. Uh, you know, definitely an opportunity that I, I relish. So thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure, man. So everybody that's listening right now, yes, you know, this is a Nuggets fan talking to a Suns fan. And it's just one of those things, man, that we don't got to be arguing and cussing each other out to get a point across. OK, right. I mean, the what Dave Chappelle said it best. Twitter ain't a real place. OK, yeah. like it's just one of those things where it's like you don't have to be that way to have a conversation, but I thought this was really cool, Gavin. So, like I said, man, I appreciate you, you know, being on here and for everybody listening This is Denver Hoops and Dreams. We will be back with another episode probably on Tuesday um, to recap the Sunday game, and we will see how it goes. But until next time, guys, this is Denver Hoops and Dreams signing out. Peace.